Welcome to the Shake Up Podcast. I'm your host and co-founder of Mr. Consistent, Jared Bell. This is a podcast where we invite friends of the brand into our studio. We get to know their story a little bit better. We chat all things business, culture, and marketing, all while shaking up a few cocktails. I like doing what I do because I enjoy it. I know people think, always ask me, you know, do you want to retire one day? No, do you want to sell the business? I'm like, no. <laughs> always planning a trend and staying true to your brand and your identity. You won't go wrong. Welcome to the Shake Up Podcast, girls. Bessie and Yota, how are you? Hey, we are good. How are you going? I'm excellent. Sunny day down here on the Gold Coast. I uh, just finished a meeting. Things are good. What's you going on up in Brisbane? Yeah, what's going up in Brisbane? You guys are based out of Brisbane? Yes, we are. So and you um, are. We just had a, have had a hectic start to the year with like heaps of new people starting. And this whole month of January has just been back-to-back meetings. So... We wish we were in Burley with you in, in the, the chilled out life, but we're <laughs> not. How's um you guys are the you guys are co-founders of Sabo Skirt? We are. That's us. How's the whole COVID thing going on up there? <laughs> um, COVID honestly, navigating a business through COVID is next level. It's like navigating your family through COVID, but times fifty <laughs> employees. So like there's something new popping up every day new rules to follow, learn, and oh, it's just, it's not a good time for me. <laughs> how many team, how many people you got up there? Um, so at HQ, we've got a pushing 20 now with our casuals. Um, and in our store, like in both our stores, we've got 20 girls. So oh, the stores would be the hardest. Hey, like new rules, new regs, people getting COVID or have you had yeah. to close any store? Like had any closures yeah. or anything like that? No, we had to shut both the stores um, temporarily for a few days um, because hundred percent of the staff at one store had COVID at the same time. Oh, wow. And um the Pack Fair girls, well, Pack Fair pumps and we only had one girl without COVID, so it wasn't possible. Oh <laughs> man, that's rough. Hey, it, it ran rampant down. Like it obviously over that Christmas period we we had pretty much almost half of our staff out. Um it ran pretty rampant down here. So it has been that fun. But I guess I like the reason we got you on here is Sabo Skirt is like iconic in the Australian fashion industry. Like you guys started, how long have you guys been around for? It's It's got to be like 10-ish years? Yeah, 11. 11, yeah, 11 years ago. Um, and I, I clearly remember like my wife, um, she she loves what you guys do. And I we're actually, I was telling her that we we're having you guys on the podcast. And she's like, I remember back in the day when I first found Sabo Skirt and like they had all these like – I guess you guys set the path or set the the trend of like affordable fashion, you know, like she's like went onto your website and she could afford everything and everything was really cool and she could see herself wearing it versus, you know, um, back in the day, you know, those brands would be a little bit more expensive or almost a little bit more out of, out of the general run of the mill person's like price, price bracket. Yeah. And we still like really try to keep our prices as low as possible just to keep like, original you know customer happy and everyone here happy and yeah so far so good that's amazing and uh i, I guess how do you guys meet because you you used to have the same last name <laughs> but like yeah. who, who married who here or like how do you how do you guys meet like what came first was it the friendship was it the um, relationship with somebody's brother or sister or whatever it was and then um or, or sabo skirt so uh, we met first, so we became besties. 
And then as Bessies do, she would come to my house all the time and she'd perv on my brother. Uh, (laughs) And then I gave her a green light and I was like, go for it. We were like the tender age of like 15 and 16. I was like, (laughs) yes, queen. And then she um, got with my brother and luckily like that worked out because they're married now with two kids. And if it didn't work out, it just would have been like such a bummer because it was such a great arrangement having my best friend around my family 24 7 so happy days that's awesome and then you guys went to uni together anything like that like how did the i guess the business come about like you don't just uh, obviously best friends sit around and talk about doing things together and starting businesses and they always want to do something but it it takes a fair bit more planning and capital and all those kind of things how did you guys actually start um we actually became obsessed with tumblr back back in the day that was hot oh so sick it was so good (laughs) yeah and while we're studying or like working working part-time while we're studying um we'd send like these emails of bulk inspo images of just Fashion. fashion um and that then fed um a new addiction which was shopping um so we'd go every friday afternoon religiously we would go shopping um the two of us, it was like our ritual. We'd listen to Pussycat Dolls and Taylor Swift to and from. <laughs> um, and then it got to a point where, um, how do you explain the point we got to where? We got to like a point where our shopping was becoming embarrassing. Just like that's all you're shopping is just to shop. So we were like, far out. We've got to like do something, put a purpose behind all of this shopping. So we like snowballed off our Tumblr addiction. We're like, hey, let's try and do uh, like a blog for ourselves. And back then there were like zero blogs. There was no Instagram back then. There were lots of blogs, but no two girls and not hardly any in Australia. Yeah, there was hardly any Australian bloggers. So we were like, let's do um, the both of us in the blog. So that'll be like our point of difference. And then just feed our addiction through that blog. Justify our addiction. Can I I step in there? So we did that and... um, Turned out pretty pretty good because people then started asking us, oh, where did you get that uh, piece of clothing? And then like it was like a light bulb moment. We were like, we can give them the clothes we're wearing if we sell, if we make them. Yeah, because we're obviously shopping locally, so in Brisbane, and ninety percent of our followers on the blog were international, so they couldn't actually access clothing back then so online mm. just seemed like the best idea ever even though it was terrifying because there was there was zero online shops in australia at that time yeah there yeah. was not much huh? like I, I just want to step in because the tumblr thing is like something that so many people and like the youth have no idea what oh, you used to have to go yeah. through like tumblr was instagram like our version of instagram 10 years ago where people actually had pages and they would write blog posts and they would up take photos of themselves and upload them like essentially what Instagram is in a, in a Tumblr format. And then you had like people who were amazing at curating content and would just reshare awesome content. And there is still Tumblr's around there. Like if like, if you love Instagram, it's because of Tumblr, like it's literally, it's set, it's set the way. Yeah, exactly. loved it. So, um, yeah, that's how Sabo came to be. That We saved up our, our money as much as we could. We gave ourselves a year to plan and save and do all the not-so-exciting stuff. Um, and then we just did it in 2011, in March. We just launched our website. And, yeah, it was pretty slow to start with, but we kept pushing. And it took off, like, six months later. We got um, a big break with this one dress in particular and then just yeah grew from there 
That's amazing. And then like, did you, was it just you guys, like, do you build the website yourselves or do you have somebody like you, the money you saved, you spent on a web developer? Cause like I've built a million websites. Like it's not, it's not easy to build one and one that functions really well. Like you guys, and then how did you execute the so online shopping designed, experience? We designed the website ourselves in paint. Yeah, in paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kidding. Yeah, good. Okay, yeah, that's what we designed the front end on and we had no idea about the back end um, functions and that kind of thing. So we left all of that to a web developer that we found and he did exactly what we wanted for our front end. The back end, we just went with whatever he did. And then obviously as a business grew, we became experts at front and back end. And um, as the website grew, we then customized, custom built our websites so that it suited um, our business and our processes. And that actually got really fun and addictive. And yeah, now we've got like a super streamlined front and back end. Yeah. And then you guys have like, obviously the online part where you guys packing the orders and shipping them out and it got like, how do you guys do that now? Like how is the process of that from, I guess, you guys actually packing the orders and sending them out to where you guys are at now? Yep. So um, one of the first people we hired was actually Nessa's mom and my sister. Um, and they were brought in to help pack orders because Nessa and I couldn't do it by ourselves anymore. Um, and I guess that foundation of just the four of us picking and packing orders has grown organically to have a whole team now. Um, and I yeah. think we picked and packed orders for a good six years, five years. No, it was it four was, years. Yeah, it was, it was a long time. It felt like 10 years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> apparently not. But we were picking and packing. I think there were the first three years we packed and picked every single day. We and did a bit of even everything. like Christmas Day. I remember we yeah. were like packing orders because we didn't go out. We stopped going out yeah. for a few years. And- well, yeah, we just put everything we had into it. So there are a lot of sacrifices as a young 20 year old, like we were 21. Um, and instead of spending our money on like booze and which you could have helped us there. But, <laughs> um, yeah. We were putting it all back into the business and working 24 seven. Cause you can see, you, you can see the upgrades, like all businesses have growth and you get to a point where you're like, Oh, well, I can either take some, um, I can take a bit of money out and I can splurge on a car or I can, you know, you can, yeah, we did not uh, do that. yeah, like, or you can reinvest it and, you know, build a better website that's faster, more, um, got more features and spend more money on marketing or spend more money on giving product away to influencers and all those kind of things. How, at what point did you go, oh, fuck, we need to start like paying ourselves or like, take, like at least, at least putting, you know, food on the table for our families. Like you guys have got kids, you both got kids now? Yeah, we do. So like at what point do you go, you know what, we want to start put putting food on the table and roofs over our families. Like how long did it take till you could, I guess, pull a wage from the business that you felt comfortable? We didn't pull a wage for the first three years. Yeah, um, wow. We paid everyone else all of the expenses. That was like, and we decided from the get-go, we would just um, like we wouldn't, take anything out for ourselves we were just constantly keeping it in the business to grow um and then we shared a wage so we should so we shared a full-time wage for how long i forgot this for like two years maybe oh one or two years we shared it and then at that point um we got our own wage and um were you splitting meals and stuff as well like <laughs> probably we shared <laughs> um but yeah i i guess you know we it kept, kept us it, yeah. humble and grounded um, 
And it wasn't until like late 20s when we started to like think about, you know, our own houses or that kind I of thing. I think once you have a surplus, in, when you get a surplus in your finances, in your business, you then think about investing. And then mm. I think when you're at a point of you're in a surplus of your investment funds, then you can start thinking about buying things for yourself. I think doing it any other way is just um, not safe in terms of if something went wrong, you don't have anything to fall back on. So we're very conservative in that. Uh, we always have a surplus in our business. Um, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. We, it's, you always want to have that like little safety blanket because you never know when costs will pop up or, you know, um, you have opportunity to do who knows, like a pop-up somewhere or a festival or like be a part of something that you want to, you want to have that in there so you can do those things when the opportunity comes. I think it would be silly to be driving around in the land of uni and not be able to pay a bill. So (laughs) (laughs) people do do it though. I know that. (laughs) How do you guys like, how do you guys market now? Like obviously it's changed from, you know, building a Tumblr and all those kind of things. What's your, what do you guys focus on now? Like you guys, cause you guys build collections um, yourselves and then put collections out. And then I guess, how do you, how do you focus in on marketing in like, cause it's obviously a, a very saturated market in, um, in clothing at the moment. You know, there's so many brands, there's so many companies, there's so many big online places with huge, huge marketing budgets. Um, and you guys are just doing it all out of a, out of an office in Brisbane by yourselves and with your own money. I think at the moment we're at a point where we're lucky enough to have a hub that people check in weekly, no matter if they've seen an ad or not. So everyone just knows every Monday, every week, every Thursday, we get new arrivals. So a lot of our customers just know that. And a lot of our customers are repeat customers. So um, obviously we do a lot of Facebook ads uh, and Google ads and things like that. But I think the beauty of our business is that a lot of it is organic from our original customers. So they just come back every single week. Um, And also you can't get our clothes anywhere else. They're all designed by us. So it's literally unique products. So in that sense, we don't actually compete with anyone. It's it's our own own design. So that's also a plus for us. Another massive marketing... um, like strategy we have and it's very unique because not a lot of businesses are like this um is that we market on ourselves so if we want to push something we can just chuck it on ourselves and it will push the sales um yeah that's cool we have gone through all of the influence marketing and that i feel that culture is starting to because of the instagram algorithms they're not favoring um they're not really showing everyone to anyone. Yeah, you gotta you gotta so, pay to be seen now. Yeah, so we've just I don't know, we've just back from that. We've yeah. Trying new things. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. That's cool. I guess like experimenting and trying new things is always, you know, you wanna be ahead of what everybody else is doing because every other I guess every other company that's kind of popping up is, you know, they come in, they go, you know what, influencer marketing is the way it's been done for the last three to four years. It works. But it's when it when you can see things slow down in your in your business and you can go, you know what, let's make an adjustment. So like that's amazing advice. And like pushing it on you guys, like people love the day to day, like seeing in and around behind the scenes of a business as well. Like do you guys you guys show a fair bit of that on both your personal Instagrams, right? A little bit. I've I've heard from my followers that they want to see a lot more. Like we don't give away a lot of 
the like our personal lives and and the inner workings Working. of our business. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could do that a little bit more, but yeah, maybe something we can. We're we're, we're really focusing this year on original content creation. So we're really pushing all of the reels and the videos and just everything in house um, instead of marketing with influencers. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, organic organic marketing is definitely the way to go now. I think um, more of the like artificial type partnerships aren't aren't as um, impactful. Yeah, there's a lot out there, isn't there? The market seems full to the brim. It is, <laughs> and people are on a come up. Like you talk about, um, I guess influencers like they they come up. They can come up in a month, you know, they can go from 5,000 followers and they have, like TikTok especially is one that, you know, you can, you can post one, one TikTok and you can go viral and you go from 5,000 followers to 50,000 followers very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Every day, new influencer. Yeah, that would be a full-time job trying to um, stay on top of who's converting because just because someone has followers doesn't mean that they convert. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, it's really hard to um, pinpoint who's going to actually make you money and who's just going to post something and cost you money. Where do you guys draw all your inspiration from, from like all your pieces that you actually create? Because dropping a range every Monday and Thursday is no easy feat. Like I've I've worked in fashion design. Like I, I spent a fair bit of time at um, Billabong Girls Women's Design um, back in the day. <laughs> And like, like building a range, like at, at that business, we would take three to four months to build a range and you go through product samples and stuff like that. You guys must have like, I can't even imagine the workload that goes into creating a range and being able to drop a range every Monday and Thursday. Like tell us a bit about how you do, how you facilitate that, I guess. Um, pretty much our from the point of inception to the point of sale it's a nine-month process so we've got to like trend forecast nine months in advance and make sure what we're putting out to the creatives now is going to still be relevant in nine months so um yeah we we just try and predict based off um what we're seeing and i don't know i don't know how to explain i i'm the creative director so i deal with the designers a lot in telling them what to make for nine months time and I get asked that question a lot like how do you know what's going to sell in nine months um and I think it's just down to experience I I also have all the knowledge of the last 11 years yeah of the last 11 years of what sold and why and um it's a skill essentially yeah it is yeah it is hard like there is um like there there is trends and trends have a tendency to come around or move around in a sort of a flow and a system and be modernized and revamped and all those kind of things and i guess it's just like i don't know i i I, i'm similar role for this business and you it's it's really hard to predict what people want in the future but in some ways yeah it can go in and out so quick that if you're planning too far ahead it could be stale by that time yeah always planning a trend you're and staying true to your brand and your identity you won't go wrong um but if you're just jumping on something because you think it it'll sell and it's not true to your who your business is and that's when you can get get in trouble but um the sample like as you said you were talking about samples our sample meetings every week are like 
15 hours long broken up through the through the week we wow. sit in millions of samples sometimes we do 150 samples in one day wow. um, it's like it's hectic and then i've got designers working while we're in samples it's just like it's a lot and you got fit you guys have got like a team that does the fittings as well like you fit each garment before you approve the sample as well multiple multiple times so wow. many times like we try to perfect as much as possible and even though it won't fit everyone perfectly we try so hard to nail that fit do you ever get like you've got a product like yeah like seven months like this product's coming in two months time and you see something that you've got in production but it's not there yet and you see somebody else launch something similar do you like does that kind of stuff ever happen to you guys we're like fuck somebody's launched it or beat us to the boat or anything like that I think because our designs usually have like our own original prints on them um, or something like that, it if it does happen, it's, it's still we've still got a point of difference. But a hundred percent, people take inspiration from the same place, and things might come up similar. But um, we've always got that you know trail of information that we actually have been working on that for the last seven months, say. And if you know if anyone was to ever say anything, we've got that to show. But, yeah, it, it has happened where we have seen – and also the, in the reverse, someone might come out a week after us with the same thing. And I'm like, well, come on, they couldn't have made that in a week. <laughs> yeah, you know the process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, what's the what's the why behind what you guys do, what you do? Like do you guys have like a – like we talk about mission, vision and values and all those kind of things. What, why do you guys love it so much and why do you do it? Um, that's a really good question. I think my why is to create an environment here that people can live a better life and enjoy what they do. And then also create something special for our customers that make them feel happy. Um, I like doing what I do because I enjoy it. I know people think, always ask me, you know, do you want to retire one day? No. Do you want to sell the business? I'm like, no, <laughs> I would be so bored without doing this. So that's another massive like reason I, I do what I do is because I absolutely love the creativity behind it. it gives me something to live for and work for. Um, that's mine. What's yours? Um, absolutely that I am just obsessed with coming to work every day that I can. I love it so much. I also like that initial reason we started besides um, like the offering for international customers. But when we started our own brands, like we spoke about before, the driver was to offer clothing that wasn't available in this price point. That was a lot cheaper than other custom designed, custom printed clothing lines. They aren't existing in this price point. And it's hard. It is really hard keeping it down. And I, I actually enjoy that challenge trying to keep our customers happy, our bank accounts happy, our staff happy. It's like all a big mix of things that at the moment we're still nailing and it's just really fun to me. That's cool. I love it. It's like uh, my way is literally I I just, I love building brands and I love design and I love architecture and I like, I love putting things out that make people feel good when they drink or touch or put it on or whatever it is like that's such a it's such a rewarding experience of giving people where they like for me when they pick up a cocktail they pour a cocktail and they put it in a glass and they drink it and you're like it just makes you feel a certain way 
yeah. like it makes you happy and you're usually with friends or you're with family or like for you guys somebody puts a piece of clothing on they just feel a certain way and you've you've been able to enhance you know enhance their feeling and make them maybe get out of bed because they get to put that new piece of clothing on yes nailed it. it we love that that's so cool what else what what else do you guys um i guess in terms of business what areas do you guys touch on outside of like do you have somebody doing your finance or like have you guys had help or like how many heads do you wear inside the business besides um, creative director we wear a lot of heads, um, especially because we have the stores that we manage as well. So there's the online and the stores. We also have offside businesses that we help out with. But um, in terms of Sabo accounting and those types of things, um, my husband and George's brother, uh, that's his brother, George, he does that. He's the general manager. So he takes care of those really serious decisions that we um, either don't exactly want to I, I personally don't like in investing my time and energy into thinking about the money side of the business because I'm the type I'm just the type of person that if I don't know about it I don't think about it so I don't I don't know personally I, I don't like dealing with that side of it a because I'm really shit at maths <laughs> and, um, I feel ya. <laughs> so bad. I can't even do simple math so I don't think anyone should trust me to deal with anything to do with the finances but um yeah my brother takes care of all of that for us and we're so grateful for him because without without him we would I don't know I don't think we would be anywhere we would be yeah but I'm the bridge so I am like in between Des and George so I like have feet in both sides I'm the connection there (laughs) the connection it's so hard like how do you how do you manage I guess work-life balance and like you obviously both love coming to work. You both have young families. It's a family business. How do you guys manage the work-life balance? Like do you get up on a Saturday and sometimes go, fuck, I feel like going to work? Or do you just like you've managed to get it to a really nice place, you know, where you're working five days a week at a certain amount of hours and you know how to get everything done in that time frame? I think we get everything we need to get done gets done like in our working hours that's fine but I think we all like George Des and I just love thinking constantly brainstorming and talking about stuff like we might be with the kids on the Saturday and while they're in the pool we're kind of just like throwing ideas around or discussing something that's happened or needs to happen like we do definitely um do that but it's never anything stressful yeah we've passed that point i think we've developed the skill sets now to be able to switch off um when it is like personal time yeah anything like more serious or that kind of thing my work-life balance is purely dependent on my the help i get um i think that's somewhat with yacht as well but my husband runs his own fitness company, so I don't have his help as much as I'd like to. Um, well, he's going to kill me if he hears that. But <laughs> I, like, ideally, I'd like to come to work five days a week, but I can't. I work from home two days a week and I come into the office three days a week. And I think if I didn't, I've got my mother-in-law and my mum. And I think my work-life balance like heavily relies on that help. Um and then obviously at night time, once the kids are in bed, I'll, I'll do heaps of work then as well. So 
for me, but it's not about needing to switch off because I, as I said before, I really enjoy it. Like when I had, when I had my babies that first week I had them, if I didn't, if I wasn't working, I would have like slipped into postnatal depression so easily. But because I had, my mind was able to go elsewhere. I was able to work on something other than just thinking about the stresses of a newborn. Um, like that saved me a hundred percent. And I tell, cause people are like, Oh, when are you going back to work? And I'm like, Oh, oh I didn't, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't stop working when I had a baby. They're like, oh, you poor thing. And I'm like, no, you poor thing. Because <laughs> you guys are obviously best friends. Like it, 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 the conversation would naturally, if you guys were to go out for lunch on a weekend or um, spend time outside of work together, the conversation is naturally going to head towards work exactly. 90% yeah. of the time. Yeah. And thankfully we both love that. Like we have no issue when it comes up almost 24-7. Yeah, it does. That's amazing because, like, my my I've got two business partners, both very similar in age, both young families, and the conversation always, always, always drifts towards work or like, you know, some like we talk a little bit about surfing or like hobbies that we're into, but um, it yeah literally turns to work most of the time. And I like sometimes I'm like, fuck, I wish I could stop talking about work, but I actually quite enjoy the conversation. And it's a lot of, I guess, you know, riffing ideas and yeah, talking, exactly. like talking through things together or um, things you've thought about that you haven't brought up in meetings because it's not the right format, you know, of ideas. It, it's kind of nice that you're both on the same page to be able to, you know, one's not going to go, fucking stop talking about work. Like, I think the only time we like give each other the look of, oh, we should stop talking about it is like, either if our friends or family are around and we are in our little bubble and we're like, oh, let's stop that. Or <laughs> around and like, you know, they're interrupting every two seconds. So yeah, my yeah. daughter does say, put your phone down, mommy. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh my Sorry. God, my daughter does that so hard. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not just sitting here scrolling, like I'm working, but she doesn't understand that. Yeah, they're like they that's probably one of the hardest things with kids. Like I, I mean, as, you know, my daughter goes to kindy. It's one of those um, – like I'd love to be able to stay home. And for the first two years of her life, I, I worked three days a week and spent two days with her and um, my wife um, was working full time and I looked after her, but now she's our CBO. So like she's in here with me every single day alongside me and my two business partners just going at it. It it, yeah. it becomes, yeah, you go home and all you talk about is work or like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it becomes a lot. <laughs> yeah. She's like, fuck, I don't want to hear, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I just want to sit here and just like watch your show. <laughs> That's crazy. You guys have made like yeah, we feel that. some some big changes like recently and like obviously sustainability is one of those things that is um, on everyone's radar and being better at it and being more mindful of the environment and the, the environment we live and work and in what are the kind of I guess changes as a business you guys have gone through and like found benefit to if you will of making those changes um so we we didn't really start it recently we started I'd say um 2017 we started slowly um it wasn't really trending yet I guess some of our inspirational businesses that we follow were setting the path and we were like oh yes let's definitely change to you know all recyclable packaging which we did very early on um we 
switched as much as we can even to this day we're close to um 90 natural fibers for the majority of our clothing yeah which has been i think just it's improved the quality of our clothes first and foremost um as well as the ethical fact of you know using natural fibers rather than artificial so that's been awesome we've um we switched to solar energy so our warehouse is 100 solar powered here um that's been in place for a few years um yeah so we we have just done that because it's something that we wanted to be better at for our children the planet our customers we have a really big drive from our customers like customers always wanting us to improve with that so I think one of the things we're trying to work on though is to be um, more informative and transparent with our customers about what exactly we are doing with our sustainability journey because I think we've taken a lot of steps to get to this point but haven't exactly let everyone know yet so yeah this year we're hoping to be louder about what we're doing here for sustainability. That's amazing because you, you, you see that chart sometimes you like you want it quick fast or like you want it fast you want it good quality yes, yes, or you, exactly. like, and it's like it's that hard thing of like or, or you want it um cost effective and yeah. cost effective means it's going to be a cheap product or exactly. if it's if it's going to take a long time it means it's going to be a good product but it's going to be expensive and like those kind of things so it's a really hard matrix i guess for you guys to get right and kudos to you guys for, for being able to make those changes in making affordable clothing yeah, and with, that's, with that's, those materials. that's totally hit the nail on the head. Like, um, I think everyone does want like those three things. They want it to be ethical and sustainable, as cheap as possible, and the best quality. But unfortunately, those three things do not go hand in hand. And like you just said, it's finding that balance that's keeping everyone and everything happy um, so that you can provide the best product possible. Before you guys, I guess, before this whole COVID um, shitstorm was blessed upon us do you guys used to go over to the factories and stuff that you work with and check out the factories and see what's actually happening over there yes we did um and we were planning a gigantic trip um in march 2019 because we um had just brought on board multiple new factories um that are amazing and we've had to do everything virtually but that trip got cancelled due to covid so we haven't seen any of our um, manufacturing families since 2018 now so it's wow. been a long time but you know thank god for emailing and zoom calls and all that kind of fun stuff keeping us all connected how's the freight bill though oh <laughs> <laughs> it's like one bit everyone's like yeah business online businesses like humming yeah yeah it yeah. is but the it's freight so the, the freight bills have like increment like increased it's dramatically times five since 2000 for us for bringing our products in um, on shipping containers don't get me started on air freight Um, but that's then affected the outgoing shipping to our customers which is something we've had to absorb um, which sucks but like everywhere they're all doing the same thing yeah do you guys have like a customer I guess do you guys have a customer service team that manages all that kind of stuff because in my experience um, you work with Australia Post and um, Fast Track and star track and whatever whoever else is like i think the customers sometimes think it's a reflection of the business um if something goes wrong with the postal service versus it actually being a postal service problem do you have guys have a like a pretty big customer service team or somebody that focuses on keeping those people happy and educating them and making sure they get their get their stuff on time 
Absolutely, we do. Um, unfortunately, just like with all customer care, you only hear from the customers who are upset or something's gone wrong. Um, so it's definitely hard for our customer care team to like, you know, stay motivated to be happy. Stay happy. happy. Yeah, um, no one, no one emails saying, thanks so much for my dress. Yeah, I got it yeah. on time. I got it yeah. earlier than I thought. Exactly. So I'm, I'm always trying to throw back numbers. I'm like, look, if you look at it, it's like 0.5% of our total orders this week came back with a bit of a negative. So, you know, you're doing a great job. Um, but no, it, it is really hard um, trying to, for us even to understand why things have gone from taking two days to get delivered to three weeks. Um, and unfortunately we don't always have the answer, but most customers are quite understanding. You do get those really fun customers who don't think COVID is a thing. Um, and yeah, they're above, quite upset. They're above a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, we, we, like we obviously ship in glass and we've had customers, um, have had their deliveries delivered in plastic bags. Like, I, I like, I shit you not like the, the, Ozpost or someone will drop it and it obviously breaks and it turns into the boxes is liquid and the the post the guy in the street who delivers it has dropped it he'll just shove it into a plastic bag and then put it on their doorstep and then you get somebody being like hey like what, <laughs> what, is, what is this puddle of margarita on my doorstep <laughs> and then you got to go through the, like we'll always replace orders like and it's not um it's obviously not our fault, but we're, we're always apologetic and we'll always replace the orders, but it, it is a, it's a hard task and people don't understand how hard customer service is because you only, you only really hear from the negative. Exactly. What's, what's next for Sabo, Scarbo, Sabo, get my mixed words all mixed up. I've had like three hours of talking today. It's crazy. I just got to have a meeting. It's, you know, when you get to the end of the day, you're like, ah. Oh. What's next for you guys? What's next for Sabo Skirt this year? We've got a, this is probably my most excited I've ever been for our business. We've got something new coming this year. So we've been working on something for how over, long? A over a year now. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be coming to life early this year. Um, Launching? Yes. Yes. A big launch. And we're also very excited to be building a new office warehouse here in Brisbane. Amazing. Um, so, like, that's probably one of the most exciting things I'm looking forward to because obviously I get to experience that. But that's a, a major step in our, um, in our business as well because you'll see all the content coming from, like, such a beautiful, new, innovative space and we're creating, like, creative spaces and just pushing the boundaries with our photo shoots internally which will be really exciting I us. think our customers have a lot to look forward to um, not just this year but just our general growth in our product offering is growing substantially and quite quickly as our um, design team has grown this year so that's always exciting for our customers they always want more and we're bringing it this year and over the next few years like they said we've expanded and are launching something brand new um so yes lots of fun new things for our amazing. customers to see amazing soon. i can't wait to, i want to come up i want a tour of the new office you can sounds so good i'll bring the cocktail mix and the, yes. tequila, and the tequila yes <laughs> It sounds so good. We're, we're in like, we're in the middle of building a production facility, like literally just behind me. Our, like our office is still, it's actually, um, 
how do I explain this? It's an old bikey shed um, that still has like bulletproof doors and stuff on it. And you like walk in, it's all, it's all very, uh, it's all pretty ghetto. Like obviously the podcast room's nice and the, the office area is pretty nice. But it's industrial. Yeah, it's industrial. But um, we've like we've reinvested into this, into this. Um, it's almost like a distillery um, brewery type setup. So I can't wait to until we get to a point where we can actually um, spend some money in a nice office. So I'm going to come up and take some inspiration from you guys. We're so excited. Our team deserves this. We've outgrown where we are right now by probably double. So everyone's like on top of each other. Sharing desks and stuff. (laughs) It's really bad. No, no, it's fine. That's awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for giving up your time and having a chat to us. I really appreciate it. And like, obviously, you guys have an amazing story, and you've been doing amazing things for such a long period of time. And I think, like, I can guarantee you, most people that listen to our podcast have shopped with you guys before, so they'll they'll love hearing this story. Thank you so much, and you guys are doing awesome too. We love you guys. Thank you. Have we said? Are we sending any product up, Kirsten? Yeah, yeah you got yeah. product. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy. We had it at, our, um, at our Christmas party, and I haven't drunk in a while because I'm on a fitness journey. And <laughs> you got me good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's fresh juice. It's all good. Fresh oh, ingredients. <laughs> the margaritas are banging, but we got a new one coming out in like almost two weeks so i'll send you some of that and it is amazing it's very summer vibes it's it's pink you'll vibe it we love amazing (laughs) cool well guys you can follow you got you guys your handles are in the sabo skirt instagram if you want to follow these guys on there um give sabo skirt a follow but thank you guys so much for coming on and i hope you have an amazing afternoon you too thank you that's today's episode i hope you enjoyed it you know the drill like subscribe leave a review go show the shake up some love and stay connected don't forget you can watch all of our episodes on youtube also jump over to our shake up cocktail gang facebook page where you can find out who's coming up on the podcast and if you've got questions for them i'll ask the bloody questions you can also use the code SHAKEUP for 10% off on mrconsistent.com.au thank you so much for listening and just remember Shit, that's fresh.